John, your boy, Patrick Sandoval, struggled against the Yankees. What went wrong? I think we figured it out. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Thank you for being here. Here with us for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, you and I have been fans of this team for years, and we've been through it all with the Halos, and so we're hoping that our fan-guided wisdom and insight is helpful to our listeners and viewers. It's our second season with Locked On, and so we're so happy to be here with you. Today is Fan Mail Friday. We're answering your questions and getting to your comments, but first, Mike, Oh, we got to chat about last night's game, yesterday's game, whatever you want to call it. It was yeah. just a bad game. A horrible, no good, very bad Halo day, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a loss. 9-3. to three. Angels are 9-10. and 10. And it was ugly from the start, Johnny. That bottom of the first was, was tough, right? So Sandoval gives up five runs in that inning. He looked like the old Sandy. He looked like the guy that I got frustrated with when he first came up. Mm-hmm. Six walks total in the game. Johnny... Here's his problem. Teams are not chasing Hmm. like they were previous. And even in the WBC, teams are not chasing his pitches. Listen to these stats. 2022, he had a 31.8% chase rate for the entire season. His last two starts, which have been tough, Boston, he really struggled. Ayers kind of did him in as well. But in Boston, he struggled. He had a 22.2% chase rate. Okay. And then against the Yankees yesterday, 20.8. So they are not chasing out of the zone. Somebody's got some tape on him, and they're starting to figure it. At least the last two teams are starting to figure out the game on Patrick Sandoval. Well, listen, I know that the book can certainly come out on any player or pitcher that's out there because that's what teams do. They're analytics departments. They look at opposing pitchers and hitters and whatnot. They figure out their weaknesses. Mike, that Boston game was due to a lot of errors. It doesn't change the chase rate, of course. But here's the thing. Number one, Patrick Sandoval... (laughs) <laughs> with good reason, tries to get everybody out by himself. Yeah. And that's v- via the strikeout, right? Because over his last two seasons, including this season too, he has had to rely on the defense behind them, behind him, and nothing good ever happens when he's on the mound and people right. are behind him and, right. and he always has to leave the game with a lead and then the Angels blow it. And so it's just like, what does he have to do to get a win? So that's the first thing. But the second thing is, He's got to stop doing that. He's got to be able. <laughs> yeah, stop he's, it. St- he's got to be able to throw his pitches for contact. Same thing I said with Tyler Anderson. Same thing I said with Jose Suarez. These guys can't nibble. They can't be funky. They're not Shohei Otani, but they have good stuff. And when they throw their good stuff and trust that hitters are going to make contact, but not good contact, that the infield and the outfield behind them will get it done. And that is just is not what is happening right now. And so he has to stop trying to get 27 outs on strikeouts. It's just not going to happen, Sandy. I'm sorry. You've got to throw your stuff for strikes. 
And you've got to throw your best funky stuff because if people aren't going to chase you, you've got to trust that your pitches are going to yield outs the other way, not as a strikeout, but as a ground out, a fly out, a pop up, whatever it takes. In this series, the Yankees actually were pretty good offensively. The Angels were not. They were 5 for 30 with runners in scoring position in this series, which was a 167 batting average. Terrible. I would say, I would say Wednesday, the Yankees were just as bad as the Angels. The only reason they were able to come through is because they had the extra inning runner. But credit to our bullpen for holding it down after Griffin Canning held it down. He only gave up that two-run home run to Aaron Judge on Wednesday night. And so, yeah, other than Thursday when the Yankees offense exploded, the Wednesday night game was a really competitive game Yeah, back and forth, right? Yeah. Here, let me just give credit to the bullpen, Johnny. Before yesterday's game, 38 innings pitched, seven earned runs, a 1-6-6 ERA, and that's in the last, let's see, eight, nine, that's the last nine games. Yeah. So yeah. they've been good, and they've been They've been good. <laughs> like I, I, it, it shocks me to say that, but the bullpen has actually been really, really strong. And there was a big concern with Sandy struggling in the first inning yesterday. Like, man, this bullpen is really, really taxed. So high five to Tucker Davidson, who really held it together. And high five to Sandy for getting at least four innings because sure. he had to battle to get there. Only bright spot, Logan Ohapi. He had three hits. And then on that third hit, which would have been a double, he goes down because he hurt his arm again, John. Yeah. Yeah, his shoulder, his left shoulder, the one that he's swinging with. Uh, he's facing the pitcher, and so he's a right-handed batter. So his his front shoulder in that instance when he comes around to swing, I don't know if it was a dislocation or what have you, but he left the game with the injury. There's not really any updates as of this recording. Basically, uh, he's going to have to get it examined. He's going to have to get an x-ray, MRI on that. Our good friend Andrew from Angels Top Plays had some great insight. He is you know, he's studying to be a medical doctor and a physical therapist and everything. So he's had a, a really good thread on Twitter. We re retweeted that if you want to check it out. But man, Mike, that is just the worst news after a disastrous day. Talk about the the cherry on top of the crap Sunday with Logan Ohapi getting injured, man. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, a lot of tears from Logan. And what we found out from yeah. Phil Nevin afterwards is it wasn't because of the pain. He was emotional because he didn't want to miss any time, right? Yeah. And so Angel fans cried because Logan might miss some time. And Angel fans cried because that means Matt Theis is probably going to play a whole <laughs> lot more. So honestly, John, I think that Chad Wallach is starting in the game tonight for me. It, whether I, I would want to make sure what Shohei is comfortable with, but I would have Chad Wallach start. I wouldn't have Theis start. I think Theis probably will start. As of this recording, we don't know, but uh, I, I would have Chad Wallach start because Thais is just way too frustrating and way too inconsistent, and you need somebody who knows how to be a catcher when Shohei Otani is on the mound. I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but has anybody given Max Stassi a call and said, hey, bud, how are things? How are yeah. things going? Yeah. Like, we need him back in the worst way. Mm -hmm. And I know that his bat was not spectacular last season, but at least you can trust him to catch and call a game behind right. the plate. Now well, he, I say that in jest because obviously yeah. his personal issues are more important than baseball, but I'm just curious. It's like, has anybody checked in with him lately? Like what's right. going on there? You know? And he's going to need some rehab, right? He's going to need to get some yes. at bats under his belt. There was a conversation about like, Hey, would Edgar Caro come up? And no, when I say conversation, no. it was angel fans, right? And and <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, uh, gosh, it was just a couple of days ago, but man, Lindsey Crosby has, has placed himself in my, 
my fandom heart and has helped me to be reasonable the and logical. Steam, yes. Yes. And so so he has said, like, if the Angels are smart, they wouldn't rush these guys. And yeah. having 19-year-old, 19-year-old Edgar yeah. Caro come up would not be a wise thing. So Angel fans, I know that that would be exciting, but he is not ready for this, and I don't think that it would be wise to bring him up. Having having Neto up is great. He's 22, sure. but not Caro, and I don't think that that would be a smart move. So Chad Wallach is the guy that I think needs to be behind the plate more often than not. Hey, Drew Butera is in the bullpen. Sign him <laughs> Sign him to a three-day deal until somebody up. else can come back. <laughs> hey, the Angels play the Royals tonight at 6.38 Pacific time. It's Shohei Otani going for his third win of the season. Should be a good one against the Royals. Hopefully the Angels can get some wins here. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels. And coming up on Locked on Angels... Is it time to panic about the lack of production with runners in scoring position? It might be, and we're going to talk about it coming up. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. And with the Game Time app, buying tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters is fast and easy. This app offers great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. On the Game Time app, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. You can see images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can discover the lowest prices guaranteed and even get event cancellation protection. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you don't have to dig through your email. Grab tickets without all the stress with the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app right now, create an account, and use this code LOCKEDONMLB, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase to whatever event or sporting event you want to be a part of. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with this code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download the GameTime app. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Locked On Everydayers, I know that you're here every single day of the week with us. We've got some great ones like Torrid on YouTube and and lots of other listeners who are here every single day. We appreciate you. Uh, Join us every day this week, next week I should say, because we'll be recapping the series against Kansas City. Of course, we'll be talking about the latest around the Angels and getting into your comments on Fan Mail Friday. The Angels play the Royals tonight at 638 so make sure you are tuned in. How about a series sweep, boys? I think it's the series to do that. We need to get right Let's and get go. back on our feet. Catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, a little behind-the-scenes note, John. Great job. I didn't update the copy on that, and so John had to ad-lib most of that. So great <laughs> job, Johnny. Proud of you. <laughs> Hey, let's get into some fan mail questions. Why don't you share the first one? Yeah, we can ad lib fan mail questions because uh, <laughs> that's what this is for. Hey, yeah. uh, just so Mike, actually, a lot of people had questions about this. First, just yeah. Chad on Instagram said, "Does Mike Trout struggle in key moments?" Also, sad to see him not being a stealing stolen base threat anymore. And then, frequent listener James Russell Barton, who sends in his questions, he actually called and left a voicemail. He's very frustrated, disappointed with Trout not running from third against the Yankees in Mm. extra innings on Wednesday night. Also feels like he's got some great reads in the outfield, but then kind of lets the ball just fall in front of him. So is he possibly playing scared because of the injury? So there's, there's a couple things here, Mike. Number one, Mike Trout struggling in key moments. And number two, 
is he playing a little bit scared, even though he's still, you know, pretty good in the outfield and has mm. great routes, not quite getting to the ball, not quite diving for the ball. Yeah. What do you what are your thoughts about this? Well, let me talk defense for a moment. I, I think that the criticism is valid. Mm-hmm. So far in 2023, his range above average is negative 1.7 right now, as mm-hmm. of this recording. Uh the ultimate zone rating, UZR qualifies quantifies defensive abilities he's 1.6 right now and then outs above negative 1.6 oh sorry yeah negative 1.6 and now outs above average is negative one and then runs above average which is runs prevented is negative run uh, negative one so he's he's not performing to mike trout esque levels like he has in the past so james i think what you're seeing is maybe a bit of old age kind of kicking in and Mm. wanting to protect his body kind of kicking in, which is why I think that maybe that move we've talked about on the show, that move to left field would be a wise move for him because center field is such a vast yard to cover, right? For for 31-year-old Mike Trout. Yeah, and as far as the offense and the coming up in important moments, I think what's happening here, Mike, is we have seen just a small sample size of games. Hmm where the Angels ought to be winning, games that they should be winning. Yeah. But everything right now is so amplified and under a magnifying glass that every moment feels important and every trout at bat feels like make or break. But here's yeah. here's the reality. Right now in 2023, he has been in 13 plate appearances worth of high leverage situations. These are situations that change the win probability for a team. Here's what his stats are. 13 plate appearances, six runs, three hits, one double, one home run, five RBIs, one walk, eight strikeouts, and it's led to a 273 average in high leverage situations, Hmm. a 385 on base percentage, 636 slugging, and a 1.021 OPS. Here is Mike Trout in 2022 in high leverage situations. Again, these are moments where the win probability goes into your team's favor in high leverage. 84 plate appearances, 27 runs, 22 hits, four doubles, one triple, nine home runs, 30 RBIs, 13 walks, 21 Ks. This was his line last year in Mm. high leverage. 324 batting average, 452 on base, 809 slugging, and a 1.261 OPS. So Mike, over the last two years, including this year, he's been pretty good in high leverage situations. There hasn't been a lot of them in 2023, the 13 plate appearances, but as far as 13 plate appearances versus the eight strikeouts, so the numbers are good, but the eight strikeouts do stand out to you because that's eight opportunities where there were Ks, right? Right. But as far as the other five moments and plate appearances – He's done pretty well. So I, I just think that we're seeing him under a magnifying glass right now. And as far as not going from third to home in extra innings, well, we did find out afterward from Phil Nevin and Mike Trout, that was a third base coach call. And mm. he told Mike, you run when it goes through the infield. It wasn't a run on contact. So they didn't send him because they told him to run on a ball that gets through the infield. And I agree that he probably could have gotten home on that. It would have been a weird throw. Yeah, but it just wasn't the play. It yeah. was what they, they didn't tell him to do that, and so I think that's more 
on the third base coach. Next question comes from Luco02 on Instagram. Do you think it's time to panic with the offense's ability, being offensive, <laughs> their inability to get a hit with runners in scoring position? And then, John, there was a comment on YouTube that actually I think kind of answers that question, like maybe what we could do to approach it because it's been really, really bad. So this is what they said on YouTube. I think the problem is the lineup. It's one thing to sign a bunch of guys who did great last year, but we have to stop and think about why Renfro, Drury, Urshela, and Renhifo did great last year. It's because they were in the lineup last year and where they were in the lineup last year. They were seeing different pitches. All mm -hmm. of those guys, other than Urshela, were two, three, and four in the lineup last year. Now they're further down, and mm -hmm. they're just not getting the same pitches. The Rays mix up their lineup so much so that their guys get to see all kinds of different pitches, like a Rosarena and Lowe and Franco and Diaz. They've all had turns leading off. Lowe also has some days where he hits second, and then some days where he hits eighth. It keeps their lineup, their lineup fluid and their guys fresh and seeing all kinds of pitches while having protection. And the Angels probably need to follow that approach the way that the Rays are approaching. Do you agree with that? I love this came from Derote Baron 52, yeah. who's a subscriber on YouTube. Derote High five, Baron bro. 52. That was a great, great analysis. And something that we should all be thinking about is exactly where these guys are in the lineup and why they might not be receiving the pitches that they would get if they yeah. were batting higher or lower. The one thing I'll say, Mike, is as much as it is nice to change up the lineup and keep it fresh, and it's working for the Rays, absolutely. I think. You go back to consistency where mm -hmm. you have your spot in the order and you understand your assignment. So to Derote Baron 52's point, I think he is right on about the kinds of pitches these guys are getting. I do think, though, that the hitters need to adjust. They have to understand, hey, I'm a number seven hitter. I'm probably not going to get what I got at number two or number three in the case of like a Brandon Drury, right? He's not going to get the same kinds of pitches when he's not batting in front of a a guy like Manny Machado like he right. was last season, right? Right. And so all of that to say, I, I get this analysis and I think it's fantastic analysis. But at this point, if we're going to have a consistent lineup, I think these guys have to adjust and adjust appropriately. Hey, John Bango on Instagram said, who do you call up first from Salt Lake between Adele Cabbage and Silseth. My 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 guess is Cabbage. Hmm. I think Wallach is probably on the way, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I think Trey Cabbage would be really great, but honestly, I think Chase Silseth with the numbers that he's putting up right now is is somebody that I would love to see. And in, we'll in talk the major about leagues. Silseth. And I Don't and I know that his yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think that Silseth would be great. And the reason why I think he would be great is because then I think it adjusts the role that Davidson plays and that Suarez plays. I love the righty, lefty, lefty, lefty right hand, right hand starting rotation. And I think that with Griffin Canning and Chase Silseth at the bottom of this rotation, I think it gives us a better opportunity. Canning went down to nothing in the game that he pitched and then hung in there. And I think that Chase Silseth has the same kind of makeup. And so I'm calling up Chase to be my sixth starter, I think. And I'm putting Suarez in the bullpen. Future Juco Bandit on Instagram said, how long do we have Ohapi? We should, ex or when should we extend him? Mike, he's in pre-arbitration until 2026. Wow. His first year of arbitration where they go to the arbitration table and decide, hey, this is how much money you're playing has earned you. 
that's age 27. So theoretically, they could have him up until pre-arb and signed the kind of extension that the Braves have been giving their young studs and avoid arbitration altogether. And I think, you know, four four years from now, I think you you owe somebody like Logan Ohapi that kind of uh, deal where it's like, hey, dude, we're skipping arbitration with you and we're just going to pay you a contract and guarantee money each year of that contract. I think that would be the best thing you can do with Logan Ohapi. Today's show is brought to you by the Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. If you think that you could be like Perry Manassian, well, this game is just for you. You can manage every strategic strategic aspect of the franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. This game is completely free and it's playable offline. And Locked On Angel listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use this promo code Locked On in the game store. Here's how you can download it. Visit probaseballgm.com or you can scan the code if you're watching on YouTube. That's right underneath me. Or you can go to the app store. Probaseballgm.com is where you can get started. The Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, Mike, we got a few more questions for today's show before it's the weekend, and I'm headed out to the game. You're headed out to the game. We're very excited about that. Mike, I'm going to read you this question, okay? and then I'm going to tell you why it's happening, where it came from. Okay. So Eric underscore TGO on Instagram said, a lot of rumors now saying most likely Shohei will be traded. What's your verdict? And here's where this came from. There was a tweet from a baseball account, I forget which one, that said, per Jeff Passan, Shohei Otani's going to be traded if uh, you know the Angels aren't in it. And, and then Passan followed up and said, actually, here's what I said. And yeah. he posted the clip from the getup on MLB Network and said, if the Angels are not in contention, they will probably trade Otani. But if they are in contention, you have to keep him and go for it. Yeah. So it's an it's a a non-story here. There's, there's, that's passing saying, yeah, take me out of context. I'm going to say, here's what I actually said. And it was kind of a no duh. He said, it's nothing new. This is not big news, Yeah, but people took it and ran with it. So that's where this question is coming from. And that's why this narrative is out there that, oh, the angels are going to trade Otani. They have no choice. Right. My verdict is Mike, uh, it's, it's, it's April 21st. Um, we are, Two weeks into the new season, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, right. Calm, calm down, people. Not, right. not, not our, not our listener, not Eric TGO, but people who are spreading these rumors about Otani. Calm yourselves. Yeah, we're two weeks into the season. Right. Come on. Right. <laughs> Falling out of contention. That's the key phrase there. And I don't think if the Angels are at five hundred at the trade deadline that they're trading Shohei Otani. You got to go for it. Mm-hmm. I think if the Angels are ten to fifteen games under five hundred, they might consider trading Shohei Otani, but yeah. I, I don't think that they're even in that category yet unless they get their minds blown by some sort of trade. But as we've proven on this episode, on this show, on this pod, any sort of trade that they can get for Shohei Otani doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get a haul of guys that are going to be really, really great for us. And so I think they have to be 10 to 15 games under 500 in order for Shohei Otani to be traded off this team. 
Absolutely. Hey, Lisa Turk on Twitter messaged us or sent us a tweet and said, if acquiring Madison Bumgarner, who just got DFA'd from the Diamondbacks, moves Suarez to number six or the pen, are you for him in Angels Red or against? I know he's not the same pitcher, and I heard he has an attitude issue. His attitude is not the best. Just not sure it's a risk that Perry would take or should take. Mike, Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks had something interesting to say about this move, and it actually reminds me of where we are as a team with the Halos. Why don't yep. you share what he's had to say? Yeah, Millard has got a great show. If you're a Diamondbacks fan or you want to check out a show, you should. He said, it's sad that Mad Bum never worked out here, but it's a good day to be a D-backs fan. <laughs> this move tells me the team is taking this season seriously, which I'm so proud of, and they recognize the young kids need all of the opportunities. And I would just say high five to Millard Thomas because what he said is exactly what the Angels need to continue to do. Yeah. Mad Bum is not a good signing. I would rather have somebody from the minor leagues come on up, which we talked about Chase Silseth, and we'll talk about him in a minute. I think that that's the wise move for this team instead of going and getting somebody like Mad Bum who really hasn't looked like himself since his no. Giants days. Yeah, and, and really that's what it comes down to. I think we have had enough reclamation projects between Matt Harvey, Tim, Matt Harvey, Tim Lincecum, <laughs> right? All those yeah. guys. Yeah. And we don't need to try that again. And there's no reason to try that again because they have enough pitching depth to give an opportunity to. Speaking of which, Mike, how about our next question? Yeah, from Chase Filfeth. <laughs> on, I didn't on, have to read the question. <laughs> yeah, I know. On Twitter, he said, how much uh, more does Chase need to do to prove in the minors before he is brought up and the Angels finally give him an official spot in the rotation? John, here's his numbers from AAA so far. Four starts, 2-0, and 0.9 ERA, 20 <laughs> innings pitched, eight walks, 20 Ks, a, a 0.9 whip. The big question really is about his velocity and that if it can stay up and, and he's allowed to go deeper into games. And John, you found that StatCast has AAA data now. I know they have <laughs> they have data for AAA on StatCast. So so buckle up, nerds. Here we go. Because <laughs> I geeked out to prepare for this. So Mike, the big question, like you said, is as Silseth gets into a game, into the fifth, into the sixth, that fastball velocity drops and drops and drops. It's an endurance thing for yeah. him. Yeah. And so I dug into the AAA data on StatCast, you nerds. And in the first inning, his fastball was between 93 to 95 and a half miles per hour. In the second inning, it was 91 to 95. So he was still touching 95 at that mm -hmm. point. Third inning, 90 to 93. Fourth inning, 89.4 to 93.4. And then finally, in the fifth inning, it was 91 to 92 miles per hour. Hmm. So you could see a situation in which yep. that velocity was kind of declining with each inning. Of course, in the first two innings, he was still touching 95, but then he kind of maxed out around 93 for the rest of the time. But I think my concern there is the 89.4. Right. Um, I don't know if that was a strategic pitch or if that was sure. a actual fastball. But at the end of the day, I think he's still needs that endurance somehow. If the Angels want to bring him up, I think that I'm all for it. They yeah. just need to be aware that he's not getting deep into games with a high fastball velocity. Now, Sam Blum did report that he had a blister after this game, and so they're not sure if he's going to need an injury list to to deal with that. So that would be a hindrance in, in bringing him up uh, to the major league club so far. They got to figure out what's going to go down with that 
blister. Mike, rotation, bullpen, what do you think? I, I would put him in the rotation. Like I said earlier, I think that he is your sixth starter right after Griffin Canning. And I think that it gives you a little bit more confidence at the end of that rotation. And then you just got to figure out how you want to use Suarez and Tucker Davidson. I think Tucker is the long guy. I think Suarez can be a one or two inning guy for you. He's got mm-hmm. really great stuff. And so let him throw his really great stuff and figure it out in the bullpen. And I think Jaime Berea is a seventh, eighth guy for you in the mm. seventh or eighth inning because he has really stepped up to the plate. So I love. Chase still Seth. And I think that in the minor leagues, the the point of it is to develop. And if there's nothing more than they can prove, then you bring them up because like with Zach Neto, if there's nothing more he can prove, let's, let's throw him into the major leagues and see what he can do. And I think for Chase, uh, depending on what happens with that blister, I would love to see him on the major league roster. One more thing I'll say, thanks to uh Statcast data for AAA and I get to geek out over it. His extension, Mike was in the lower percentile. And so if I had to bl- Yes, I could imagine a world where the fastball is not being thrown as hard because he is not extending off mm. the mound as hard as he is at the beginning of the game. And so then his 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 extension is shortening up with every pitch. And so that might be something to look out for. Why am I not on the Angels Club? I feel like I'm answering all the questions. I would. Ju- I was just about to say, like, <laughs> Matt Wise should tune in every single day because you've got some good golden nuggets for him. <laughs> Keep his job. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen, Matt Wise. Uh, the Angels play tonight against the Kansas City Royals starting at 638 Pacific. John is going to be there. And the Royals, they're a beatable team, Johnny. And a series sweep would be just what the Halos need. But let's take it one game at a time. Shohei Otani's on the mound. You can catch every pitch tonight on the Angels hometown broadcast with the Sirius XM radio goodness uh, on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're watching on YouTube, comment below, subscribe. It really helps out the channel, helps us find more Halo fans out there. Hey, Mike, after this weekend, what do we have on deck for Monday's show? We're going to recap Otani's start. We're going to give you an update on Logan Ohapi, and we're going to see how the Angels do with runners in scoring position over the weekend. And if you want our hot takes about each of the games this weekend, you can check out our socials or YouTube, and we do a Locked On Now 60 Seconds recaps the game. You can check that out. It'll be John, or it'll be me. Most likely, it'll be John from Friday because he wants to broadcast live from the game. And so you can check all of that out. But join us on Monday as we talk about this weekend series against the Royals. Hey, you're going to be there on Saturday, so you better send a a now from the ballpark as well. It'll be my turn. (laughs) There you go. All right, friends, we hope you have a great weekend and uh, we'll be here for you all throughout the weekend. So give us a follow on social media. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today and we'll see you back here on Monday.